Welcome to the Don't Die podcast, sponsored by Aloe Treatment Centers. They're out in Malibu. They're in Silver Lake. It's a treatment center I started with some friends. We want you to get the right treatment, the right program for you, and stop dying. That Stop dying, Chuck. That's what we want people to do. And that's what's happening in some parts of the United States. People are stopping dying. No way. Yes, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I hear they're making a great impact there. Really? That's awesome. Yeah. And so... So, yeah, you're going to see a trend in death go down, but I don't think it's due to people turning their lives around. I think it's due to, you know, the, all all the caution, all the stuff like this, talking about how much death there is. I think kids are starting to change the way that they do drugs, right? I, I predict 2018, the death rate will finally, you know, start to go down. That was what everybody thought in 2017, and it actually went up 17%. But it takes drug addicts a while, Chuck, to catch on, <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I love, I love that people think addicts are so smart, but we're kind of the slower ones. Yeah, we just kind of, kind of learn for ourselves. And, uh, you know, I, I do this every Tuesday. I do a group at Aloe, and I ask how many, because there's a mixed group at Aloe. There's like... 40 50 year old professionals and then the massive millennial kids right right and the older addicts are alcoholics or you know your typical 50 year old financially successful alcoholic started out taking drugs when they were 17 they know a lot about drug taking well they stopped that because it's bad yeah but they shifted gears realizing (laughs) like i don't want to go down that road and so they end up you know postponing their hospitalization for many decades but they are drug experience a lot of them have done heroin in their 20s right they know about heroin they've smoked cocaine you know but they then like a lot of my friends did uh just kind of migrated away from more dangerous drugs and started just using alcohol and pot and or benzos and were successful at creating a life for themselves, creating a family, a, 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 you know, have a life. And then now it's starting to topple down because alcoholism is slow but insidious in its progress. Right? right. So they're drug experience. And they look at these kids like, holy fuck. And the one question that always gets the older crowd, the more mature crowd, to to wake up to what's going on because they've they're kind of like all americans heads buried in the sand they're just drinking 20 beers a night or two bottles of wine and not paying attention to much and it's how many when you ask a group of millennials how many friends they've had that have died and they start telling the names of kids and the people they've known that have died and some of them say i've had six close friends die in the last three years then the older crowd, who is also alcoholic and drug addicted, go, oh, my God. Then that's when you recognize this is something that's never happened before, this much death. Right. right? And right. so I do think that, that you're seeing trends where, you know, we're getting towards the end of the year and there's some optimistic trends that there's not as many overdose deaths in certain towns that we're affiliated, that I'm, a, you know, kind of have friends in. And you're seeing it go down. Now, what's scary to me is I think it's going up in Southern California. Why is that? I don't know. Either it's late to the party with fentanyl. I mean, there's well, been a course. lot of overdose death in Orange County. There's, I, I, I think it's showing up in so many different products. What, that, the fentanyl's yeah. and benzos? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It, it's in the pressed pills, it's in the meth, it's in everything. I don't fentanyl know why you... Fentanyl in meth? Yes. That might be a good thing. <laughs> no, well, no. He won't die from that. <laughs> yes, yes, you can. <laughs> can you? Yes, you can. Um, I I know a person that actually... That died did, from meth, uh, did, fentanyl-laced meth? That did a line and thought it was meth, overdosed, was hit with enough narcan to be able to be brought back and the, and was there meth in it also was there meth yes but it's not it's not the quality of that's that's what's weird about it is that it's it's in places you wouldn't even expect it or people wouldn't want it to be people buying meth aren't expecting to go down they're not expecting to go low that doesn't even make sense to me but that's what happens when you're buying from people you don't know a lot like the unscrupulous treatment owners 
we've talked about <laughs> it's sad that we talk about when drug dealers had like a there was almost an honor. Compass. There was almost an honor to this is what I provide, and it's the best in, in town, and it's good. And you know, anytime you see a movie on TV or something, people are talking about the quality of their dope. They don't. It, it's a whole different, still a whole different game. And unfortunately, it's costing. It's still continuing to cost lives. Well, the thing that I, I, you know, I'm a cynic and I'm and I'm an optimist, so it's a constant torturous experience being alive, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> constantly torture but i think the drug dealers that i dealt with um this guy named john who was 18th street this other guy named weto frenchie of course a legendary hollywood drug dealer um some of the uh, uh, fabrice one of the greatest drug dealers in los angeles history who's now been 23 years sober um okay. they they had honor they had morals they had character they cared and drug dealers nowadays don't have that and what's interesting is i think rehab owners always lacked character but now <laughs> boy do they <laughs> i i think that drug dealing has drug dealers have become just just disgustingly immoral and amoral right um, I have reports, quantified reports. 16-year-old kid deals heroin to his ex-girlfriend. Girl dies. 16-year-old kid states to the police, I told her it was strong. Right? Completely hmm. amor like no guilt. Like that's the society we have. Yeah, she was warned. She was warned. <laughs> like, you know. So, so the drug dealing population has gone, you know, completely just disgustingly corrupt. And one of the things is the pot thing is I'm doing yeah, this. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't even Fox, understand that. I'm doing this Fox television news. They are making 240 milligram marijuana bars. Why would you need that? Even Snoop Dogg and Willie Nelson don't need that. I don't even know what, what's a standard dose. I've, it a was hundred, never a hundred. Hundred milligrams is a is a mellow stone. It, no, or is that's that a, a fucking that's a shitload of stone. Okay, so this is two and a half times that. Well, that's and, about perfect. And right? what it is is, I think it's the pot wars. I think that there's so many people trying to make money off of the legalization of pot that now you're seeing this what we see in the recovery industry this immoral kind of well it's like the, so who would it's buy, like energy drinks too it's yeah. like it started off with jolt cola way back when and then red bull happened and then now it's all about how much i mean that red line stuff i remember splitting a, a can of that we with had my a kid. buddy we had a kid at aloe that drank four of them in like two hours and had to we had to call emt they had to go to emergency right. room and i was sitting there like are you fucking kidding me from from energy drinks this people are stupid well, wasn't Amy talking about some sort of like thing that they do yeah. where they mix them together and make some crazy? Well, the the vodka Red Bull has been around for Red Bull and vodka has been around. Yeah, since. but that's nothing compared to these. And Four Locos is the Four Locos. Four is, Locos is the right. is the uh, malt liquor with the energy drink, so you can be wide awake and fucking stupid. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the population is going for this. There are kids buying these two hundred forty milligram pot bars to two and a half times fucked up out of your mind so obviously, are they buying them from the pot houses like yeah those, they those, buy yeah those. they're not mike have you ever been in one pot houses he just no, called man, it a pot i don't house. know what the fuck they are. You know, where they sell a pot <laughs> you know you it's gotta a go, pot house. oh you gotta oh dude you gotta go in one your I, mind will explode coming i haven't from, been in, i haven't coming been in one from yet. having no. friends in high school that went to prison See, for pot chuck has never been in one either oh no. i've been in them okay i, I, I kind of was interested I, in? I know a guy that goes to buy for his wife but he doesn't. He doesn't no, use it. No, early on, and one of the main pot clinics in West Hollywood wanted to hire me as the merch, as the marketing guy. The rehab guy says use this medical marijuana, <laughs> and I had a moral thing. They were offering like a hundred thousand a year for me to be the spokes. You know, like come to mm. Potville. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's harm reduction. You should have done it, <laughs> right? Well, this is ten years ago. I I didn't do it because I felt like oh, it's just the wrong thing to do now. Nobody's offering that kind of 
<laughs> but no. they, had, they had a good idea because it was before the legalization. It was just medical marijuana. And if you get the rehab guy that's on television to say, hey, come on down to Potville. It's totally, you know, so doctor, why, why appro- they, doctor approved. Why don't they just regulate this shit so people don't eat it? Because, like, eating it will fuck you up, man. And the, then they do smoking regulate it, it. Smoking it, I don't see anything wrong with smoking it. They do regulate it. You just got to go into one of these places. You guys, hey, why don't we meet down Long Beach? They, they have them in Long Beach, right? North Long Beach. What do you sure. walk in and there's just like a yeah, big, big it's bunch of like, smoke flowing around? No, and it's like and a Dolce & Gabbana store. Do they smoke <laughs> like, inside? <laughs> No, you're not. The allowed. ones in Venice that I've seen that they have like smoking bars. I don't want to go into one where there's people. No, they're I, not. They're not smoking. I went. To, I went to these. It's first started in West Hollywood, so I was in a in the one that wanted to hire me, and then I was in a couple other ones just checking it out. <laughs> and they literally are like those cool, cool like clothing stores where you don't know what you're buying because it looks so cool inside. And then they have the the billboard with all the different kush purple rose da, 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 and the okay. price and the prices and then they have these edibles and edibles were really a small part of the market you know back then but now it's becoming bigger and bigger well it's huge because it doesn't have all the aroma yeah you know you could you can do an edible it in your uh, in the bathroom at your work or you can sit and eat it at your desk, yeah, and but it's not as obvious. The problem is toddlers are getting a hold of them and right. being hospitalized. Yeah, that sounds like dogs, a nightmare. Dogs are eating them and oh being hospitalized God. and dying. So, Dude, even back in the day when you made brownies and you made really strong brownies, like that was the only thing that I ever did. And if you ate too much, <laughs> you were fucking down, man. You, that what does down mean? Like just laying like down, out, like at, like so stoned, you were like on acid. or You something. couldn't walk. So yeah. that's what's that. So that Mike, that that thing that you and your buddy started 35 years ago. <laughs> thanks, <is> Mike. <laughs> thanks, Mike. That's what's happening yeah, now. That's my fault. That's God what, dang that's it, what's Mike happening Martin. now. And these kids are getting like hospitalized and the EM call the EMT and and they can't walk and they can't get up from pot. No, I from fucking pot. But see, that only happened to me once, and then I went like that is stupid, and I just smoked it. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, if that happens to you, don't you just I, go like, I "Wow, think, edibles are not for me." Yeah, but I think that <laughs> I think that there's something like now the kids, if they do too much of it, they'll videotape it. Not videotape it. They'll record it on their phones and go, "Look, dude did too much." Yeah, and then, and then the then next guy's got to do a star. little bit they'll more. Be a YouTube next, star. Next guy's got to do a little bit more. There's such a competition to do more and to be so heavy. So I mean, if you're doing two and a half times a heavy dose of something in a bar. You can't walk. You, you can't stand that's, up. That's you can't not stand weed. Up. That's absolutely not weed. I that's, know. Well, the, the question is that I have with the fentanyl, with this, with the way kids were using heroin and knew nothing about it eight, five, eight years ago. It's the ignorance of the population. Like, it's really something that you just want to be so fucked up you can't walk. What about enjoying life and having fun? What happened to that? When I started taking drugs, and the first, I started taking drugs seriously when I was 17, until I was like 27 or 28, it was all pretty much fun. And it was fun-oriented, even shooting coke. We used to ride our bikes up to Hollywood Lake, I always tell the story, and shoot coke up there and have fun and then get paranoid and then get afraid to (laughs) ride our bikes back down. This is when we were like 20 years old. It was fun. It was me and my friends doing it. There's actually a song called Me and My Friends. Doing fun things with drugs. These kids are not having fun at all. None right. of yeah, it but is fun. When you start experimenting, and that's when it's fun. When you're, when you're doing it in the beginning. Of course, when you get Mike, addicted. Mike, they're 15 and they're getting hospitalized because they're eating these edibles and, and getting in trouble and well, going no, to I rehab. Well, no, I understand that. I understand that, but I'm saying that it's not progressed to the point where it's fucking dangerous and you're depressed and you don't go out of the house and you're so paranoid. They There's start helicopter. that way. They start that way. That's what I'm saying. Right. No, that that's another one of those things that it's hard to explain to the older guys that are there for their drinking, the older guys that yeah. are at Allo. 
it's they don't understand it because they started then they messed around with beer then they messed around with weed or vice versa i mean those kind of came in at the same time it was cigarettes then weed and beer by about seventh grade and then you start adding those other things if they did shoot any dope it didn't happen until they were older because it was next level next level next level there is no next level it starts starts at top level it starts with 15 years old eating the even younger eating the the, the opiate pills and then going oh this is so much better if i smoke it then people go oh yeah well that's smoking it is nothing compared to shooting it that line is so easily crossed that i mean now i remember thinking i don't want to shoot dope man oh, i'm not I gonna do scared. that yeah man sure. i was scared i remember going I, I don't want to do that and that was a boundary until i was about, what about 18 the fact or 19 that we were all scared of heroin till till like said, till somebody shot us till up. 1983 i had done it in 1980 with top jimmy and i only did it that one time and i was scared and i felt like i was dying i felt like i was dying all day the next day i threw up the whole time and jimmy made fun of me and i was just like heroin's nah, i don't know about that <laughs> That's, a, that's overrated. Uh, this yeah. whole vomit thing. Yeah, is I don't like, think not I'm nearly... going to stick with Coke. <laughs> right? and, huh. and then in like 1983, right around the time me and Mike met, you were already doing heroin. Smog was doing heroin. You yeah. were doing heroin. And there was this group that then me and Flea and Anthony started doing heroin. And I remember us thinking like by the beginning of 1984, what were we so scared of? This is awesome. But hmm. but you're talking about three or four years earlier, like, I don't know about that. Right. That is not happening no, within whole, youth culture at all. The whole the, idea. I don't yeah. know about that. No, that's it's already the taboos the taboos just gone from it. It's like I think they're looking for that whole next level thing. And when somebody says there's more milligrams of weed in this than your mom and dad ever smoked in the whole of the sixties or <laughs> your grandparents ever knew existed more than was at Woodstock together. Yeah, they're going to take it's it. It's in one bar and you can eat it right now. They, they, they're going to There's take zero it. fear. If they can find a way to melt that chocolate bar or whatever it is and shoot it, that's what they're doing next. It's crazy. So that's what you're dealing with. This population of, of it. I, I don't know. And I don't know how much, you know, ask kids what they want. I ask them all the time, what, what, what do you want your life to be like? They don't even know. <laughs> like, I knew from the time I was 11 years old what I wanted my life to be like, and this is pretty much it. <laughs> we're, we're sitting in it. I want to be it's able a, to play music, good and life. be around my friends, and have a girlfriend, and have kids, and do whatever the fuck I wanted. They don't even have those kind of generalized goals. No, and, and that's that's interesting because I did like I did a group this morning about it had nothing to do with drugs, it had nothing to do with alcohol, it had to do with what are you going to do? What would you, what do you want to do? What what are you going to do with all the time you're going to have now that you're not numb or checked say? out? It's rough unless you give them a checklist. I, I found right. an old checklist that I says even has like needlepoint and quilting and all these things on it. That's just this ridiculous thing I got off the internet, but it's got like a couple hundred different ideas. Learn how to play chess. Uh, I, yeah, chess is right. on there. Chess. chess is a big one. Uh, you know that they play chess in their phones. Some of the kids that got sober at Allo, they play chess on their phones with each other across the country. Mm-hmm. Do you know that you can do that? Right. Like old people like us can't figure it out, but but no. you can play chess with somebody right now in England. They yeah, can I, make the move and then you I know make a, a I, there's a there's a guy that does that every day. He gets on the computers in the group room and uh, who are you playing against? He goes, I don't know. But, but, you know, there's no one here that's good enough. It doesn't matter who he's playing as long as it's someone that, that causes him, him to think. Yeah. And, and I go, do it. Just keep doing it. That's you know, awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, it is that part. of that. That's like It's almost like you have to guide them to these goals. I, I give you the example. Where did my goals come from? See that piano? I've wa- I wanted since I was 19 or 20 years old, I want to have a piano in my house. That's like the 10th piano I've had in my life. Just little things like that, like because mm-hmm. I like just playing chords. I know how to play chords, and it's very meditative just to sit there. I'll come over here when I've had enough of the kids and just play piano. For yeah. I don't really know how to play piano, but I can play chords, and it's very look out the window at the trees. Like they don't have goals like that. Like I always knew I wanted to live in a place away from the city that has trees around. Then I. The mythology of Neil Young living at his ranch in Santa Cruz reinforces that. Bob Dylan and Point Doom. All these, all my heroes 
also had the thing. It's like an interrelated thing. There's no interrelation anymore in people. It's always outward from the individual out at the society. It's not like, <laughs> you know, the song Old Man Mike great, is written when Neil Young wanted to get away and he wanted to have a ranch. And he was single and he bought this ranch for cheap in Santa Cruz, like between San Jose and Santa Cruz. And it came with this guy who didn't like him. He came with a guy? Yeah, because it's a big working ranch. It's got all these outhouses. So you need hands, right. Yeah, he's he's the guy who ran the ranch. He ran it. Okay. It was his ranch. It's not like a refrigerator that just came with And he didn't like this fucking hippie (laughs) who had bought the ranch that was his ranch. He's the old man in the song Old Man. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And and it's just cool shit like that. How come people don't like cool shit like that? (laughs) That, no, they, uh, some do. I mean, you know, you like drug addicts. How are many about twenty-two all the year olds do you talk to about Mike? all the? They're about all the same. Drug addicts are once they get into drugs, it's their life focuses around drug. The simple stuff does not is not appeal to them anymore. I didn't really, I didn't really listen to Neil Young till I was till I met Steve Wynn from Dream Syndicate. He turned me on to really? Neil Young, Little Feet, then Mike turned like Little Feet. All those things that I always liked Bob Dylan since I was a kid, but the people that influenced me and how I wanted to be as a man came when I was in the middle of my coke shooting. Mike, you're saying that if you're doing drugs, you can't think about other things. I don't know that that's true. I don't think these kids think about anything to begin with. I mean, so drugs aren't going to take them away from thinking about things because they don't think about things to begin with. Right, but music was the first thing that that I recognized because I worked at Millie's and they played music all the time there and I hadn't listened to music in years. I didn't like music. Yeah, right. I listened to talk radio. Yep. Right? And mm. and I would just hear songs. I remember hearing the song Fake Plastic Trees by Radiohead and I walked out of the prep kitchen area and I said to this guy that used to be the chef there, Jean Lebert, what is that? And he said, Radiohead. He was this French guy. And I was like, It's Radiohead. I knew who Radiohead was because I knew that song Creep. I mean, I wasn't living in a, yeah, in but, a cave. But, but, but Fake Plastic Trees so was beautiful. so much further. They advanced so it much. It was so beautiful. And I, was that, I remember like that love of music that had gotten taken away from me by drugs was back. And that's what I spent my tip money on. Me and Keith would go to Rockaway and buy records, right? And that, you know, the Radiohead, I, I remember, like, I don't know, just there was a lot of cool bands at that point. Elliot Smith. Um, it was exciting time, the mid-90s, was exciting music time, right? And, and you know, I don't know about... I remember getting my first apartment and thinking, like, this is the first step in, like, building a life again, right? I try to talk to these kids about that, 22, 24, 26, 28. They don't really have that. How can you, how can you, instill, how can you inspire that in young people? That, that you, like your son. I dealt with your son for a year. Like, he was into, like, micro things that didn't matter, like his credit his his credit he was obsessed with like his credit rating i was like dude dream bigger <laughs> dream bigger than you know than a credit rating right you know what and, i mean he's a, he's you know he's a typical they 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 concern themselves with stuff that yeah it's important but it's not it's not the really important shit well, and it's and it, it then there's and you're skipping bits to get there because yes. it's just like you know hey i'm i want credit why do you want credit so i can buy a new car well how are you going to pay for the new car even if you have the credit <laughs> Why don't you work on getting a fucking job first? You know, it's the same thing with like I talked to the I talked to these kids. This one guy today said he wants to he wants to learn how to surf and he wants to jump out of a plane. And I go, well, we're right here. We're a hundred yards yeah, from the water. Is probably a better goal. I go, uh, have you been down to the water? And he goes, no. <laughs> and I go, why not? You you live close enough to the beach to walk down to it. And he goes, well, you know. And I go, you said you wanted to surf, but you, do you even own swim trunks? No. Man, this is just, there's such a disconnect from how do I get from here so to what there. Do you think caused if it doesn't it? just happen, it? how is it going to happen? What caused this? I Technology? think parenting. 
to parenting? Yep. Parents doing everything for the kids? That, that and also just sitting them in front of a computer, you know. Yeah, so um, technology. Kinda, yeah, babies, the, the computer is the babysitter, you know. That's that's like a huge problem. Kids getting out and doing, you know, learning how to ride bikes and stuff. You know? well, yeah, that's that's part of it. But I, I remember, but I think I brought my kids up differently in that I remember my dad taking me to Jemco and uh, I had earned money pulling weeds right and doing different things around the house over a course of a few months and i wanted to get a stereo and he had that talk with me where you know you can either buy a complete stereo which at the time the one piece turntable on the top you can you can buy one of these or i've got some old speakers in the garage and you can buy this kenwood receiver right now which i think at the time was like like 79 dollars or something and he goes this is a nice receiver It'll do AM, FM. It will hook up to an 8-track or a cassette player. Right. And he goes, you know, you can piece together a unit that you want to keep. He goes, this is nice. It's right now. But What'd it's you do? not. What did you do? I bought the Kenwood receiver. You did? Yeah. I would have bought the cheap, shitty one. Well, it was just one. And put, I, and put the good speakers on it. And put the good speakers on it. <laughs> no, the, the, speakers he had, the speakers he had in the garage were not good speakers, but it worked. And I was so stoked to have this nice piece. I knew the direction. That's, but he what was year leading, was that? So what year was that? That's 1980? Um, probably right around there. Yeah. So 1980, radio was great. FM radio, you could listen to K Rock, you could listen to. In 1980, K Rock was great. Dude, I'm what yeah, a great no, but station. You know what was I'm better than K Rock? The one from Mexico. Oh, 91.91. That was fucking great, yes. that station. So you could really actually just have a receiver and hear great music all uh, day long. 91X. You can't with do the that now. I, you can't the, do that now. It had a big antenna that I put up with thumbtacks on the wall. Yeah. I could get 91X when no one else could because I had the Kenwood. I didn't have... It was nice. You touched it and the light turned red. And it was Wasn't for, that a great radio station? Is it still going? Yeah, but it's not the same. It's not the same. The same way K-Rock's not the same. It... it, it, it caters you know what about listening what about you guys waiting for sunday night to listen to rodney on the rock oh, yeah. what about waiting for great things to happen yeah that that's gone now you can just instantly do it on your phone right we could probably watch or listen to rodney's on the rock from 25 years ago on our phone within a minute probably that's what about waiting like i remember going into a weekend it's friday going to see a band at Perkins Palace, and then Saturday, God knows what we're going to do. We're going to take some Black Beauties and run around Huntington Beach. And then Sunday, before school on Monday, is Rodney up on late. the Rock. We're staying up late. What's, what's he going to play? That's like leading into a weekend. That's like you got 48-hour plan there. Right. Well, that's, and that's, some, that's what we talked about at school. Did you listen last night? Did you hear this? Did you hear yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. And, and it's just like... It, that's just totally missing. Now it's hey, check this out, and they hold up a phone and show you whatever it was. No Let's one had get to some wait. Of that fentanyl. No one had to. No <laughs> one... <laughs> Let's I... get the two hundred forty milligram THC pot bar and smoke. <laughs> just eat it and lay down. Watch something on YouTube. <laughs> we, we can skip right past all those years of fun and having to go places and do things. We can just delay right gratification to... is what it is. I, and I think that's right? I think the reason I went the way I went with the stereo and that I that I still remember that is I know my dad was leading me in that direction. The same way when I needed tools, you know, um, you know. But do we do that to our kids? So, so one of the things we have a rule now with Elvis: equal to your screen time is your outdoor time. That's what he loves is trampoline. They were out there five times on Saturday. You can add to Frenchie's resume: right? um, trampoline yeah, builder. He, he is the greatest trampoline builder. I mean. If it wasn't for him, that wouldn't be up. The there. fucking trampoline builder. <laughs> he is the fucking trampoline builder. But uh, it was my idea to put the bricks underneath the side. So <laughs> but he was like, job, I don't Bob. know. I think we should dig a ditch over here. I said, Frenchie, we've been doing this for two fucking days. We're putting <laughs> bricks under the one side. <laughs> yep. And it has never fallen off of the bricks. Um, I'm going to touch wood. Well, not you guys can't go on it, or I can't go on it. But as long as somebody's like a little kid, it doesn't go off the bricks. And so far, you're a structural engineer, too. Add yeah. that to your list. But but that, so that's a funny thing happened. So Christmas is coming up. That green bike that's out there we bought for Elvis was in the living room for Christmas last year. I go, Elvis, and we're sitting out there at the trampoline. I go, Elvis, have you ever even tried riding your bike? And he goes, I don't know how. And I, got, I immediately thought, 
I can't teach him because I'll just yell at him. I wonder if there's a person you can hire to teach your child how to ride a bike. Oh, my God, Bob. (laughs) You got two right here that'll do it. No, but you can't, like, you can't shame children anymore. You can't. And that's how I learned everything from my parents. Dude, get a shame. Okay, it's it's easy. It's really easy. You start them going. You hold the seat. You just got to run with them for a while. Once they get the speed up, it kind of stands on, on its own. They fall a few times, and they get oh, we it. We tried it out here. This is not the right place to do it. No, on these do rocks it, and yeah, downhill and stuff. And yeah, the cliffs and... Put it in the car. Take them to a school somewhere so you can do it on some blacktop where there's some room or out on the grass. He learned there. how to skateboard really good that way. It's it's the way you do it. I mean, and all that is just being totally supportive of him, just going, you got this, man. You're totally capable of walking. I've seen you walk. You're really good at it. This is the next step. Right. So you I got to do the bike thing. So, yeah, the freedom. I, I was just telling mine, you know, I just tell mine that the freedom of riding a bicycle is like nothing you've ever felt before. You, know? no, you but, don't need gas. You don't need, all you need is your legs and you can go just about anywhere. Like, like you, I spent a lot of time on a pedal bike. <laughs> no, but, but. My dad taught me how to ride a bike. He took me to a parking lot of a supermarket, which you can't do these days, right? Because you'll get killed. Yeah. Right? It was in the evening. I remember the sun was going down. It was in Inglewood, you know, probably 1970. And we just went around for like an hour until I really figured out how to balance on the bike, right? Because he said enough of the training wheels. And he took the training wheels off. And then he put the bike in the station wagon. We went down the supermarket that was just a few blocks away and drove around the parking lot. I think you'd get arrested if you did that nowadays. <laughs> I don't know, but... Yeah, you, they're you not going to let you teach how to ride your kid, your you, kid you, a bike you in a parking a... lot of a... It was, I remember it was the Thrifty Mart, which was my dad's company, was a supermarket, and there was a Boston store. Remember the Boston store, Mike? It was like Sears. I don't. Boston store. It was like mm. Sears. But... And I remember riding around and riding around. It got dark and the lights in the supermarket came on. You can't do that anymore. There's so much shit no. you can't do anymore. Yeah, but there, there's other places you can do that that are that are just, they're, it's better to do it on a school. They don't school let you bike. go on a school thing. Chuck, your kids are grown. And where did you teach Bug how to ride a bike? Is he riding a bike? Yeah. Where did you do it? We Not ha- at a school. We, no, we Schools ha- are locked up like prisons. <laughs> well, they've got to keep those kids in. <laughs> <laughs> gotta learn them up isn't that the most fucked up thing was there ever schools locked up when you were a kid <laughs> we went to the school all the time at night to meet you know when you're first meeting girls at 13 14 you go you on the roof the smoke you go, cigarettes you go you go on the monkey bars area and just hang out and lean against the thing and try hey, to look babe. cool yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> then you can't go on a school campus after the school is closed i guarantee you you can't I bet. I, I, I so bet. where'd you teach Bug how to do it? Well, we've got, uh, it, in front of our house, we've got a, a little grass area where there's a triangle of, of of concrete that goes around, a little sidewalk thing. And it, it didn't take him long. I was really surprised. He's been doing it a couple years. Does he love it? or? Does oh, he-, he absolutely loves it. It took him a while to get the idea of pedaling and using the brakes, but he could stop with a bush there's bushes and he could stop with what about all the fear now we learned how to ride bikes because you could go places right like i lived in inglewood on 112th street near imperial and crenshaw i went to school at saint francis cabrini on western and imperial and then the forum was being built right we used to ride our bikes front from from my house at 112th street to school, go play at the school, at after school, like three or four o'clock. Then we'd ride our bikes once they started building the forum over to the forum parking lot and watch them building it. And we'd all sit there on our stingrays, you know, with the handlebars things <laughs> and with the banana seeds. Yeah. And I remember just like in a movie, like three or four of us just sitting there watching them build the forum. They built that thing so fucking fast in like nine months. And then the Kings were the first. Is, is that, to play that there. the round building? Yeah, the round yeah. building. Where the in Inglewood. Yeah. Right? Nowadays you don't allow kids to ride bikes anywhere. They're not allowed. I, I was eleven years old. What year was the forum built? Let's just look and see. I'll tell you how old I was and um LA Forum. <laughs> no, well, I hate to do this while we're on there. But well, history. Uh, 
I see kids riding bikes a lot in re- in like regular neighborhoods, but some neighborhoods you can't ride. You can't let your kid ride bike all, you know, hey, There's just no, come home. Yep, 1971. In September of 1971, ladies and gentlemen, I was 10 years old. <laughs> I rode my bike probably three or four miles from my house with my friends over to the forum regularly. No kids are allowed to do that in Los Angeles anymore. Do you think? No, I mean, first of all, it wouldn't be safe because the the traffic. So the point. Secondly, is, the freaks. So the point is, if you're going to teach Elvis, who's eight now, just turned eight, how to ride a bike, where is he going to go? He's not allowed to go anywhere. He can ride his pedal bike at Coachella. <laughs> yes. Without that, a helmet, you saw that picture. <laughs> well, now Chuck and I, Chuck and I live at the beach, and I take my kids riding along Bolsa Chica, and then we go like to dog. You know, all there's a bike trail that. It's not even on the street that goes all the way down to Huntington Beach. And it's a bike trail? Yeah. On the beach, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know? it, there's the, and you know, that's what on Sundays when I go down to my meeting on the beach, I I drop I drop them off up at the um I think it's Wheedler Park up on Seapoint. And she runs down and he rides his bicycle and then they ride along the beach and then I take them home when I'm done what? with the meeting. Like, what's the point? They should be going places and, like, shoplifting and doing shit. <laughs> no, I'm, you guys are missing my point. I'm sure, listen, trust me, there's lots of different options of, you know, it's, it's almost like orchestrated fucking fun. Rather than ride your bike for, oh, we used to ride our bikes to the Shell station, and the Shell station had this candy machine that if the guy wasn't in the thing, you could shake it and the candy would fall. Okay. Out, right? No, I, I see what that you're saying. That type of shit, where you're going out and making a, a life for yourself in the world, not an orchestrated thing with your mom and dad. No, my, my dad you would go... You know what I'm saying. My dad would go, we bought you a bike, go ride it. Yeah, go fucking somewhere. I, he didn't... I, I wasn't about, but where, where can I go? Where, where should I go? It was, I rode around the corner and I'd find Tommy Rab and Brian Judd and I'd go, hey, let's go. And we just, we would, we'd go to what the, is the fear Sprouse of, Ritz. So there's too many laws and rules that prevent it. So now you have to orchestrate your child's riding their bike somewhere. They have to go along the path of Bolsa Chica State Beach with all the laws and rules that are that. And I, you know what I mean? Rather than teach them how to ride a bike, I would love it if Elvis would ride down to Foothill and like just go you know around the stores on foothill here in laverne just ride around or ride over to the to the village and go to rhino and look at records well he will he's just i know kids don't do that mike they do in neighborhoods bob that have that ability you know like that are regular suburban neighborhoods they ride to school i see them all the time every time i take my kids to school there's tons of kids with bikes riding to school Riding around the neighborhood. And I mean, where is you know, that? In just, Long Beach? In suburbs, yeah. Lakewood, you know, Long Beach. Uh, Huntington Beach is is another good example of, like, you know, kids ride their bikes. Teenage kids. Well, I just wonder. Before they get cars. Yeah, but just going out and, and parents not micromanaging them. Like, did my parents didn't care what I was doing. No. They told you, when I was 14, they told me, you better be staying away from pot. And I was like, oh, for sure. Well, that worked. For sure I am. No, but I was. I was staying away from pot. I was scared of it at 14, 13. Well, I you, was. You saw Reefer Madness and you knew what it would do. No, I just respected my dad. <laughs> and he told me something and, and he was serious about it. I, I never knew what the consequence would be. You know what I mean? Now everything's a negotiation. So if you do this, then we're going to have a big talk and we're going to have a family meeting and we're going to go to therapy and talk about it and blah, blah, blah. And you're going to have a, you know, you're going to, you know, it's ridiculous. On Thursday, God, I have to go, that sounds like a drag. Dude, that's modern American fucking life. I'm telling you, I have to go to therapy with Elvis on Thursday. I don't even know what we're going for. We're just so that he, because he's stressed. He's fucking eight. He's stressed, apparently. <laughs> He's got a lot of stress in his what? life. He's got a lot of stress in his life. Oh, well, hey, hey, pets suffer from stress. <laughs> We're drugging animals that are uptight. So, <laughs> and when, come on. And it hurts your heart when you hear, like, you know, it came from the school, like, Elvis is, is, is expressing that he's stressed. And so I go to him, I go, what are you stressed about? And he goes, well, it's just a lot, Dad. I go, what's a lot? Being eight? Going to second grade? Having friends? Having people beat you up? This is stress? Mm-hmm. What is that? That's life. 
Right. The therapeutic community has now walked into and made life a quantifiable evidence-based diagnosis. I got to say, though, eighth grade, when, life when, we were, when we were in eighth grade, it was a lot different. I mean, the, the, the no, classes. No, he's in second grade, and he's stressed. Oh, I think he's eight. And, oh, he's I eight. see, he's in three. Okay. He's in second grade. He's stressed. So I go into therapy. I like the therapist. She's good. She's trying to teach him de-escalation things. Like, uh, is life supposed to be like this? No, not. No, no that's, that's almost... I can barely get I can, I, can, I can barely get adults to engage with that. You're trying to train a puppy. You know how you don't you don't take a, a puppy that's a few weeks old and try to teach it anything yet. You, it learns a lot on its own by watching and things. You don't start serious training until they're old enough to be able to be teachable. Why why would you do that with a child that young? You're going to learn a lot when you go on Thursday about what it is they're thinking, and what it is they're doing. Maybe it's something simple. No, I've been going. I know no. what it is. It's a whole theory out of UCLA that modern society. Uh, get stress hormones and kids are stressed and that's what's leading to them having this fight or flight instinct. It's a whole theory about society, right? And I, you know, I'm open to it. I want to know how do, how, how, do you, how do you have your kids, kids have less stress? For sure. I think school is a fucking monstrous thing and I, I don't want my kids going to it, but you can't have them not because then they're socially retarded because they don't know how to talk to other kids. But these schools are just like they're like they're like like prisons. They really are. They're prisons of the mind. They're prisons of the spirit, and they physically resemble prisons. Did I did I tell you what I saw when I took Bug one time and waited for him? You know how uh, normally you get to school and you're only allowed. We used to get. Can there. we clarify for the audience? You your son's nickname is Bug. He's the cutest <laughs> little guy. <laughs> Maybe okay, you should use his cute. real name. Okay, so with with Liam, <laughs> it's weird. It's uncomfortable. With, with Liam, with Liam, with, with Liam, um, you know, he's you know eight, how he's eight, also. He's right? eight. Yeah, and we used to. Um, when I was young, we used to go to school and we show up like a half hour early or something. Oh, we you can't just, do that. You got. You are not allowed to be there until the gate was locked. Ten. I minutes, got Elvis there right. like twenty minutes early. The gate was still locked. No. The wasn't open yet Ten, they're not letting <laughs> anyone into prison yet you're gonna have to wait no but uh, so you're not allowed there until 10 minutes before the bell rings and then the kids used to play on the playground and like do interaction and stuff and they decided the kids were getting too hopped up doing that <laughs> so what they have them do is walk the yard like they do in prison in they, a circle they, they walk the square the asphalt square like this and in a and it's just horrible i like watched him do it it was like can't oh, play tether ball can't I, play kickball can't climb the, on the monkey the, bars then the bell rings and they all go down they sit down they sit down why i have i i go what the what is this the and they go that? They, they, it causes everybody everybody freezes they all go down like they do when there's a, a shot fired at a prison <laughs> Oh you know everybody on the ground i go I, what the hell is this and they go and then they slowly call people they call people and they, to their class to, to line up oh to line up in their class to line up in an orderly fashion i was just like oh, oh are my you God. kidding me See, this kills the is spirit that, chuck is that at smith that is at geesler oh geesler Oh my God! Mike, well, I'm you know things you. have changed so much because of these school shootings and stuff. You know what I mean? I mean, a lot of this—the whole gate and and metal detectors and stuff—is so people don't walk in and shoot your kids. Right. I know. You know, it's I, sick. I know. So we've become a sick society. And what I'm trying to—the point I'm trying to make over this whole podcast—is the society is sick. The drugs are just a symptom of the sickness of the society. And the society keeps pointing out the drug addicts going, they're fucking sick. And I'm saying fundamentally something is wrong with our society. And right. I believe that it's in young people, you see it. Like uh, we should all be asking, is the way we educate in America the correct anymore? Is it, does it work? Because I don't think it does. You know, the, I know that my son was a free spirit and knew how to read at three years old and was 
just never cut his hair and he was so outgoing and he wasn't scared of anything. He's now gone to the mil the educational industrial complex for four years. He's scared of everything. He's stressed in seeing a psychologist. He, he wants to fit in. It's sad. It makes me sad. And I blame our industrial education, comp this, this, this machine that just takes free spirits like Liam and Elvis and just spits them into these fucking Wonka bars. It's true. Wonka bars. Well, I just I watched Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory the other day. And I, just thought, I was trying to think, where did you come with well, Wonka bars? Well, whatever it is, the mediocrity, fear and mediocrity. And see, uh, yeah, and 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 on that show, when they told Charlie you lose because you cheated, he was bummed out, but he walked away. He knew how to deal with it. It wasn't the end of the world. I mean, everything that we the end everything of the world. has changed so much. It's all in these the the kids that have uh, that are stressed that are that are that are bearing the, I mean these are the things that we used to never do you don't involve kids in your finances you don't put them in the middle of fights you don't do because it you you allow them to be children for a certain amount of time but then you know then at 12 13 you start they become more responsible for themselves but it's it's so different now what culture what country what you know what where do you think they actually have it the best like if you say like japan or something you know the japanese i mean do they raise kids right i just uh, i don't think you can compare anything to the united states it's such an anomaly it's such a unique society we were doing well, what about the Dutch? i believe what about we were doing things much better and and it's not and now we're not and so some somehow i'm talking about and here's the thing i can put my kids in a charter school like shelly did Right. And I and it's all kind of teaches her and those select few hundred students how we were raised or in a better way. Or I can have my kid go to an elite private school. That's not going to solve the problem of the society. So you right. have these little pockets of elite kids who know what's up. But if the masses of the society are put into this fear based mediocrity, you know, I was talking to the head of the LA mission yesterday. His name was Herb something. He said, it's amazing how many people they have come into the mission who have high school diplomas who don't know how to read. Right. That's a sin. No, that, that's a fucking sin. Yeah. Right. So we should look at education and how we deal with children in a really fundamentally universal bipartisan way. Because we just raise a generation who don't know their ass from a hole in the ground. They don't. Right? It, it, the example I always give. I, I like, you know, I'm a pretty intense guy, Chuck. <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I hadn't noticed. <laughs> and this is not... Uh, this okay, I forgot this to breathe there for a minute. Hold on. This isn't an act oh. for podcast. This is how I am all the time. So when I'm at McDonald's, which my children love McDonald's, I'm, you know, criticize me for eating McDonald's, whatever. They have straws, but, you bastard. But, uh, but, but Sid only eats like two chicken nuggets. Elvis is six. He's a growing boy, right? So I'm ordering two chicken nugget happy meals and I'm very intense, right? So I get ahead <laughs> of their computer skills, right? So I'll say two happy, two chicken happy meals, one six piece, one four piece, one milk, one lemonade right extra fries none of the shenanigans and they go how many chicken nuggets on the on the thing because they're looking at the computer you can't right. talk to them like a normal person like you you if you were working at mcdonald's you would have gotten my order we wouldn't be talking i'd be driving up to the till <laughs> two chicken happy meals one four piece one six piece one with milk one with lemonade one for a boy one for a girl extra fries let's go $8.12. I know how much it costs because I order it so often. $8.12. They, they, inevitably, every time, even at the same McDonald's in Highland Park on Figueroa and the 210. How many? So the first one is, so let me get this order. So you want a six-piece Happy Meal for a boy or a girl? 
<laughs> I said, it doesn't matter. I've got a boy and a girl in the car. <laughs> so I just want one boy toy and one girl toy. And extra fries should be universal. You've got that button pushed easily. We don't need yogurt. Girl fries or boy fries? <laughs> we don't. And, and it doesn't matter which one the lemonade or the milk go to either, you fucking idiot. <laughs> Oh there's God. two children. Oh, no. You're expecting they, a lot. No, I'm expecting <laughs> just common, sensical, eighth grade educated in my generation thinking. Well, yeah, that used to be a position that that was people's first jobs. That's outdated now. That doesn't happen they, anymore, but it was the bright take, kids. They can't take that order in a burst of common sense. In and out. Because can. they're looking at a computer screen. I bet you the people in and out. Can. Yeah, but the lines are too long at in and out. Well, they don't it's have chicken. Crazy. They don't have chicken. But well, they're kids also, and they're trying to do a good job. The, you got to take that into the, the people at in and out. Are, they they pay a little bit more, so they get those people that can take the order quickly. But there's a it, they got to do something about the lines. Yeah, the lines are crazy. Now, Bob, are, do you think that this uh, therapy session with Elvis is going to? You really think, think it's for Elvis? Do you think this is going to end up with you being in therapy? Is that, is that what you I'm think? Always, I'm always in therapy. No, I just, I just I'm think that's therapy. how Chrissy got him there. That's right. This is this is for I Elvis just, because he's just Elvis. Tell your dad you're stressed. <laughs> Yeah, can it be? Like, I'm open to it. Can it be that I stress everyone out? Yeah, I'm open to that. We're there now. Teach me me how to tone it down. (laughs) The therapist is going, uh, see the problem. I can tell you this. When we pull into the McDonald's thing, Elvis sometimes when he's paying attention away from his phone will say, Dad, just be slow. slow." Oh, my God. He knows what's going to happen at the fucking teller. The therapist, oh, the therapist slow. goes, what does $8.12 mean to you, Bob? <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> I had him under hypnosis. We're trying, trying to explain several different times to all these different McDonald's employees that it doesn't matter which one the lemonade goes to. The milk will go to the other one. It hey, will get to where it needs I'm to get to. I'm just trying to get you order right, dude. <laughs> I just ate this candy bar that's like 250 milligrams. <laughs> Sometimes weed. they are stoned, no doubt. No doubt some people that work at fast food are stoned out of their minds. <laughs> I, uh, I hope so. It? I hope so. I don't I don't cuz I don't drive I don't drive through a lot of places. My wife does that. I go, "I'm really busy, honey. And could you get the food?" <laughs> oh no, she listens to this. <laughs> Dude, uh, it just goes on and on and on, but but what if things have changed this much in 10 years? What is it going to be like in 10 more years? That's going to get better. Think. Don't you think? Don't you got to be optimistic. Don't you? These kids coming up nowadays are going to okay, be amazing. Okay, I, I got one thing. I, I didn't want to talk politics, amazing. but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to burst Mike's bubble right now. Oh, there is no blue wave coming. I don't give a fuck about that. You don't? I could care less. You could care less. No, because it's not about one man anyways. It's never about one man. If it was about one man, Obama would have changed everything and everything would have been done. But <laughs> it's not like, about one man. Said like a true liberal. <laughs> no, it's not about one man. It's about like, you know, it's about all kinds of No, I thought I thought a blue wave this. was coming. Apparently it's not. Everything I read, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, everything I read, it's not coming. That's crazy. And it's only because of the economy. Really? Yeah. The economy's doing good. Are you doing good? I'm doing all right, but I always, I mean, I've I always done all right. I mean, I hate to burst everybody's bubble, but Trump's going to get reelected. It's he gonna is going to get reelected. He's going to get reelected because nobody cares enough to go out and vote and change well, things. Well, then why do, why do I lose- hear from all my friends that he's going to be, uh, as soon as this Russia thing happens? Because when I get to talking, it's like... You know, I'll say something stupid like, that's why that's why no, boys get to be, be president. Into, it's going to be turned into Congress, and they're going to do nothing with it. Young that's people all. don't go out okay. and vote. It's not a prosecutable. Yeah. It's not it's going only to people court. like us who give it's a It's not fuck. going to court. It's going to Congress. And Congress can choose to go, oh, yeah, they, they meddled. Okay, no big deal. Let's okay. move on. Um, and that's probably what's going to happen. But what's interesting to me, and I said it with Dr. Drew yesterday, I'm not discouraged anymore. I just see it so clearly. You've got... You've got a simple choice in America at this point in general. You've got fascism or you've got corruption and and 
and this Trumpism, whatever it is. So you're torn. You're either going to vote for politically correct fascism, which is the blue wave, the liberal kind of way, or you're going to vote for a con artist, you know, reality television star. And both things are repulsive to me. That's not how you're going to solve the problems of our young people. That's not how you're going to solve student debt. That's not how you're going to solve our healthcare crisis. It's not how you're going to solve these huge, huge fundamental problems in America when you only have choices between, you know, this, this you say things the right way and you, if, you're, you're, if, you're, if you're not on board for this whole agenda of fascism, then they will destroy you right, which is the left and the le center to the left of the Democratic Party, or this whack shit, this madness, right? Yeah, but I thought at least it was, have you seen that Lego commercial where they go, we're the bad guys, but they're the worst guys? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta see that! It's, it's, it's all the villains, and then there's it's all the villains. They go, we're like the Ice bad Man, guys. Uh, yeah. Well, it's, I think it's all the, it's all the comic it's all the comic ones and then these are the worst guys because they they're like dressed like the superheroes but just sort of improperly what are the worst guys i want to know the worst the guys, guys. there's worst guys are bogus superheroes like a fake ass superman and a fake ass thing. really yeah so go, and it's like the the joker and that weird chick that harley quinn that has yeah, like yeah, the color. yeah. She goes, we're the bad guys but they're the worst guys and, I gotta, and, and, ah, Mike, have you seen this? I want to know about this. And I go, I go, that's. I haven't seen it. I don't I, know what it's I about. I go, that kind of seems like, on any given day, it seems like left and right, one is bad and one is worse. One is bad and one is worse. And it goes back and forth. Some days the right's the worst, sometimes the left's the worst, based on what's the spin today. That, that's, I like that. We're the we're the bad guys, but they're the worst guys. <laughs> yeah, I like no that. one claiming to be good anymore because <laughs> it's like uh, that. Really is what. So what I'm seeing in the political landscape, the Lego people saw. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. But I I do have hope, Mike. I'm just not naive about how we get there. You only get there when when honestly to tell you the truth the only time america really changes is during times of war or times of economic duress right i you know what i'm saying yes Re the recession in the 80s led to reagan the great depression fdr into the great society of lyndon johnson world war ii in between vietnam leads to an a a completely progressive ideology in America for, for 30 years, right? That's how the court got so liberal. It's war or, or economic problems that cause people to really start concerning themselves with the greater good of the society. When everybody's doing well, nobody gives a fuck. They just want theirs. And that's so, so that's what's pulling the Trump wave forward because i thought it was getting knocked back enough to where i don't think it is not that not according to the last couple of weeks they're not there's no way to win senate they might lose a house in the senate and they might barely pick up enough to control congress and i really thought as as short as three weeks ago there's going to be a 50 seat change in the house and they might flip the senate it's not going to happen like that anymore huh, I, I i'm shocked to hear that it's not going to flop back it's going to flop back, but like at a, a 225 to 217 or something. That's not a majority. That's not a wave. That's not a, the people speaking, right? It's just, you know, it's, it's just interesting. We'll see what happens on November 6th. But Let's wrap it up by yeah, talking yeah. about um, kids don't go out and eat weed. God, <laughs> man, what the fuck are you thinking? <laughs> Don't go eat those edibles, man. Those edibles will fucking... <laughs> I, I, you know, I, don't I swear know. to God, they will damage your fucking mind. I don't know if, if they... Is, is Wu-Tang Clan still... Is, is, do millennials know who the Wu-Tang Clan are? How great well, they were? Well, you know what? Some of the guys... They know the I Wu. Know, well, they know the Wu logo. And but they, do they know the history of the Wu? Not, not the ones that are coming up right now. Because ODB more... is dead because he ate a, a baggie of cocaine because cops came... Yeah, that's what I heard, and I don't know if it's true or not, but I heard that he was on probation or parole or something, and he had some cocaine still in a balloon, 
and cops came in to the place that he was at and he <laughs> swallowed the coke and then the thing burst inside him and that's how he died that's what i heard how he yeah. died well, that's and a so deal. so they're young people if you don't want to end up like odb don't be smoking this weed yeah well i mean just smoke it like yeah. willie or snoop or something you know what i mean yeah, that's that, what I. This say. is like I. I Here's wish, our theme. I wish we could talk to Willie Nelson and say, "What do you think of the 240 milligram bars, Willie?" <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't. He'd go, "What?" I don't, I don't know about that. That's a little too much for me. See you next uh, time, man. Hey, everybody. Bye. Yeah, say, say that's bye. Mike Mark solo. Goodbye. He, he plays the Mike Mark solo. That's him doing the Wawa pedal. Listen to that. Mike Mark used to shred. I want to get used to. I I'm better than I ever was. Still. <laughs> uh, see you later, uh, Bye. Hey, this is Bob, and you can get a hold of Aloe Treatment Centers at 888-595-0235. That's Aloe Treatment Centers in Malibu and Silver Lake. 888-595-0235. Tell them Bob told you to call.